Hi, everybody. Welcome to Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford sitting alongside my trusted colleague, Wes Hodkowitz. We're coming to you here from our studios at Lambeau Field. Wes, another day closer to Packers-Lions Sunday afternoon, Ford Field in Detroit. And as the Packers get into the bulk of their on-field practice preparation for this game, worth going over the injury report here as uh, we sit in week five, because while... Randall Cobb and Geronimo Allison with a hamstring and concussion respectively are not back on the practice field for the Packers. At the cornerback position, Kevin King and Jair Alexander, both dealing with groin injuries, were on the practice field, and that's a potentially good sign for this pass defense heading into a game against Matthew Stafford. Absolutely, and those three uh, receivers that the Lions have uh, certainly the Packers are well acquainted with Marvin Jones Jr. He's had a fair amount of success over them the last few seasons. Uh, Golden Tate is a type of player, possession receiver, you always have to take into account regardless of where he's lining up, much like a Randall Cobb type you know, impact player for their offense. Yep. And then also Kenny Galladay, who's, who was their third-round pick last year, has made an impact. So, yeah, that's 80% of the passing yards so far for the Lions this season, those three receivers. So Packers want to be at full strength at cornerback. We'll have to see how the rest of the week plays out here. But the fact that Kevin King was back in a full capacity on Wednesday, it was kind of funny because the, the actual injury report gets released later in the day. But he was standing in his locker after practice talking about it and was basically asked, hey, if you have to play at less than 100%, are you able to do that with a groin injury? And he thought about it for a second. He goes, yes, I can, but I'm 100, so it's all good. <laughs> so, uh, And then as it turned out, he ended up being a full participant. So I think for Kevin King, I'm not saying there's any time in which it's good for a player not to be playing, but... I think these last two weeks are really beneficial for him because certainly he's been able to rest up with the groin injury. He also was dealing with the shoulder before that. The Packers are going to need Kevin King yeah. to be at his full strength, to be a bit, an impact player for this defense, for the Packers to get to where they want to be at the end of the season. And now him coming back, a perfect opponent, three really good weapons for the Lions. They want to have that secondary at its best. Yeah, we saw when Kevin King left the game in Week 2 against the Vikings, there was a bit of a domino effect for the Packers' totally. defense there against Minnesota. And then in the first half against Washington, still some adjustments and, and things didn't really settle down in terms of the pass defense. From the second half of the Washington game now through, obviously, the Buffalo game against a rookie quarterback, mind you, but the Packers seem to settle in with their secondary and with the roles. Now you potentially have that positive domino effect of King coming back into the lineup based on extra options of how to match up and, and how to use different combinations of players and things like that. It's sort of a domino effect the other way. He is one of the type of players, and I, I, I'm just projecting this to be what he's going to be in this league. I think, to me, looking at his intangibles and looking at what he's put on film in his first 10 and a half, 11 games of his career, Kevin King just seems like the kind of guy that you plug in at boundary cornerback and you just don't think about it. He solves that puzzle for you. He's a, a guy that's going to be able to travel with top receivers if you need him to do that. If you yep. want to have him play one side, he can do that as well. But he has the versatility, the flexibility, and the overall talent to be able to match up with the Stephon Diggs of the world. As we saw last year with you know Julio Jones and A.J. Green, Des Bryant, he doesn't step away from those challenges. But the nice effect of that as well is that Jair Alexander ste stepped up and I thought played really well in his absence here the last two weeks. I thought so too. And him being able to get back on the practice field after leaving with the groin injury, 
there's just a lot of different pieces for this secondary. And certainly they did lose Devon House, but then you go inside Bashad Breeland. You have Tremont Williams playing how he's playing right now as a boundary corner in this league at age 35. Josh Jackson stepped up. And I just think you look at the versatility of guys like Jermaine Whitehead and Josh Jones. As the season wears on, you're going to need to tap into that depth. The Packers did it the last couple weeks, but if you have Kevin King healthy, available, and ready to go, it doesn't get any better than that. This is a really good test for him now, You know, hopefully being able to get back on the field Sunday and seeing what he can do against those threats in Ford Field. Yeah, I think it makes the Packers' entire defense that much more versatile in terms of what Mike Pettin can choose to do in different situations when you have a corner with the just the physical attributes and the skill set of and, a king out there on a regular basis. Right, and how soon we forget. I mean, that game against the Bears, the Packers ran seven defensive backs a lot. They yeah. played six defensive backs in a base defense. So it's nice to have that uh, ace up your sleeve again after last week where they basically had to finish the game in nickel just because of kind of the attrition at that position. Yeah, all right. Well, I've got to catch up on a little sponsor business here, Wes, because I neglected my duty <laughs> on yesterday's show. So uh, at home or here in the stands, we all know that Green Bay fans give it their all, and that takes a lot of energy. So grab a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Packers fans everywhere. Try the delicious classic chicken noodle soup. Just visit your local supermarket and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup, official soup partner of the Green Bay Packers. Okay, getting back to the injuries at the wide receiver position. Randall Cobb, Geronimo Allison, not in practice. Devontae Adams pops up on the injury report with a calf injury, limited participant in practice. We'll have to see how the week goes on, if this is you know, anything to be concerned about as far as Sunday's availability. I don't want to speculate necessarily one way or the other with that. But regardless, it certainly looks like the Packers have a couple of options here in terms of how to compensate for some things in the passing game. Either you go in with a lot more you know, two tight end, maybe even three tight end packages and work those tight ends even more into the passing game, or you turn over a lot of snaps to the rookie wide receivers. Valdez Scantling obviously played a lot against Buffalo. We talked about the, the positives and negatives of his kind of first real big game on an NFL stage. And then you've also got Jamon Moore and EQ St. Brown, who are certainly itching for their opportunity as well. You have any sense at all of, of how the Packers may you know, go into this uh, from a planning perspective? I really don't, Mike. But the thing I like about it, and we talked about this, I don't know if you recall, I think even in training camp, about with the two tight end looks, and even to some extent the three tight end looks that they're able to use, they can be so multiple, especially if you're using a guy like Ty Montgomery, who's a pseudo receiver, pseudo running back that could play a multitude of different roles for you. It's able to keep a defense on its heels a little bit. Me personally, I still wonder if the, regardless of who's available, regardless if Allison passes the concussion protocol like Nick Perry did last week where he didn't actually miss a game, right. or Cobb's able to get back on the field at some point, and, and Devontae Adams, this is just a blimp on the radar and he's fine. Yeah. Maybe you do have you know most or if not all those guys available, but either way, I think the game plan for this has to be running back heavy. Based specifically alone on just the production that the Lions have been giving up in the run game this year. Yeah. They, they go into this game 32nd in the league. Last week, Ezekiel Elliott ends up having 150 rushing yards against them in that victory. I, I think this has to be an Aaron Jones-type game. It has to be a Jamal Williams and, and Ty Montgomery-type game. So I think if nothing else, uh, what these injuries are doing in this specific encounter – 
is it maybe will allow the Packers to open up the playbook a little bit more. Maybe we see more Mercedes Lewis. Maybe we see more of those two tight end looks that we saw throughout the preseason. Yeah. It was probably their base package throughout yeah. the preseason. They have depth at tight end and running back to turn to, depending on what they want to do with those receivers. Yeah, and as we talked about earlier in the week, too, I'm curious to see, just because we haven't seen Mercedes Lewis involved that much in the passing game yeah. yet for the Packers, if if that's something that maybe gets unveiled here out of necessity based on your, your options at wide receiver. I totally agree with you on the running game situation. Though. You just have to look at the statistics. The Lions are struggling to stop the run. As we've talked about, They've changed a lot of things on defense. The the front four that was so much the foundation of their defense in previous years with the Indomitian Sues and Nick Fairleys and Kyle Vandenbosch's, that's not how this defense is built anymore. Darius Slay is their playmaker at cornerback. They have uh, Glover Quinn at safety. Um, you know, guys like that. The defense is just built differently, and they're struggling right now to stop the run, so you have to take advantage of that. That being said, you know, if these rookie wide receivers get an opportunity, they have to cash in, right? Yeah. I mean, this is even if if they if if it's Jamon Moore or MVS, they get one ball thrown their way in Detroit, make the play because with Aaron Rodgers, that's going to go a long way. I mean, that's how Geronimo Allison did it, right? I mean, yeah. you brought it up in your story on Rodgers. He talked about it the Atlanta game. Uh, now that's two years ago. Yeah, back in 2016. Cobb ended up being a scratch. I think Ty Montgomery ended up being a scratch in that game. Jordy Nelson, I. think think was I'm trying to remember if he was even available for that one but anyway yeah. they were down and they yeah. were depleted at receiver so it ended up being Geronimo Allison Jeff Janice and Trevor Davis Trevor Davis and yeah. Allison who just came off the practice squad ended up having the best game out of everybody and, and and you wrote about it we talked about it that's what was sort of his coming out party and told Rogers this is a guy I can count on this is a guy that could be a playmaker in this offense that's a big hit uh, for Allison to be in the concussion protocol just because he'd been so darn consistent. I know there was a couple drop passes there, but still already had 80 receiving yards in that game against the Bills. Well, and you just wonder if the one that he took the hit, if he makes the catch right. rather than drops it, does he end up not getting that type of hit and, right. and doesn't have a concussion? One of those things that you just, yeah, if the drop pass doesn't happen, maybe we're not talking about a concussion protocol. But to your original point with MVS, with Jamon Moore, with Equinemius St. Brown, if those guys do get get into this game if it's one snap if it's 54 snaps like it was for Valdez Scantling last week you have to make sure that you use those to the best of your ability to show Aaron Rodgers that you know what I can play in this offense and I can be your receiver yeah all right well double duty on the sponsor business today Wes it's time to enter the cousin subs best seats in the house promotion you and a guest could win a chance to kick back on the 50 yard line in style two pairs of lucky Packers fans will be chosen Prior to each home game for this VIP experience, enter daily now through December 16 by completing the entry form and submitting for complete rules and eligibility. Go to Packers.com slash best seats. Cousin subs, we believe in better. Okay, you mentioned the Detroit Lions being last in the league at defending the run. Over the last handful of years, they've been last or close to last in the league at running the ball on offense. That is not the case anymore. Looking up the statistics... They're actually up to 20th in the league in rushing yardage, and even more impressively, 7th in the league in yards per carry as yeah. far as running the ball. Yards those per are, carry on. <laughs> hey. hey. But those are, those are not rankings that the Detroit Lions are used to with running the football. They've been last in the league in rushing yards two of the last four years, and they've been in the high 20s the other two years. They've been anywhere from 26th to last in the league over the last four years in yards per carry. 
they are emphasizing the run game. They are trying to develop that complementary running game for a quarterback like Matthew Stafford. And this is a this is the, the a type of preparation week that's a little different for the Packers going up against the Lions because really they're in my opinion, their rushing statistics become even more impressive when you look at the fact that they've been behind in the fourth quarter in the major in basically three of their four games where they haven't had a chance to continue running the ball because they because they've been behind. They racked up the big rushing yards in the win over New England. But this team is showing a determination to run the football, and the Packers have to be ready for it. Yeah, and this is in ever since. I mean, you, you can always draw the comparisons between them at the running back position and what Cleveland has gone through at the quarterback position. They they lost Barry Sanders. I think that was James Stewart that came after him, had a 1,000-yard season. But ever since then, it's been a carousel. Yeah. They've used second-round draft picks. They've used first-round draft picks on the position. Well, and they, and, they, and they thought they had a future feature back in Javid Best right. and concussions, concussions and ended his career because he was looking like a very promising prospect for them. Absolutely. So now they got on Johnson. And it's funny, Mike, because so often, you know, we talked about it as, as recently as these last couple of days, people ask about the, the Packers and the running game and who are you going to feature. Well, look at what Detroit's also doing. <laughs> they have Carryon Johnson, who's, you know, the spark plug, is the big hitter, home run hitter. Yeah, he's he's speedy guy. He's fast. You have, obviously, um, you know, Blunt, who's been a big power back all these years. The hammer. The hammer. His, la- then, his last name fits his running style. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and then you got Theo Riddick, who's more of the, the complimentary receiving type back. It almost mirrors what Green Bay's doing, which almost mirrors what the NFL is doing in 2018. It's just the way things go. But, I mean, getting back to the original point, Johnson has been a revelation for this offense. He finally ended that streak of of that skid, I guess you could say, of them not having a 100-yard rusher, which at the end of the day, it's not a big deal. The Packers went through it a number of years ago, too, before Eddie Lacy got here. But it is a question you have to keep answering. It's a question the head coach and the offense has to keep addressing. It's something that takes on a life of its own. Exactly. A certain to a certain extent they ended that so yeah. you're out of that that equation now for the next season or two but the thing with Johnson is is you can tell this is a guy that isn't a that isn't a fluke yeah. he's gonna get his yards he's gonna get his production and as he gets more established in this offense as they get more confidence in him he's gonna be a guy that not only the Packers but the NFC North in general is gonna have to deal with yeah well certainly uh something the Packers will be prepared for on Sunday before we go today, Wes, though, it is Thursday. I wanted to touch on uh, the Thursday night football matchup this week because one of the things that's happened here in the NFL this season with Fox, a major network, taking over the Thursday night television package is these matchups on Thursday nights, are they, they aren't just like throwaways no. of some sort of, you know, pri- oh, let's give so-and-so, you know, a primetime game that doesn't normally get one. We saw the Rams against the Vikings last week got the Colts against the Patriots this week. Now this is no longer Peyton Manning against Tom Brady, but it's Andrew Luck against Tom Brady and two guys who have faced each other in the postseason, including in an AFC championship game. And you have all the drama of what happened with the coaching search in the offseason with Josh McDaniels and and GM Chris Ballard for the Indianapolis Colts. So uh, a really interesting, another interesting Thursday night matchup and one that could have some significant implications in the AFC. It's a must-win game for both teams. I mean, you look at the Patriots, they're trying to get back on the positive side of 500. And, yep. and the Colts, with Andrew Luck coming back, this is supposed to be, okay, well, we're back to being a contender again. Well, they're sitting 1-3. and three. The other storyline that I don't think is getting talked enough about this week is the fact that this is Andrew Luck's return 
against New England. That was that looked, Mike, when you go back to those AFC Championship games, when you go back to where things were headed in 2012 and 13 and 14, it looked like Tom Brady versus Manning was just going to shift to Tom Brady versus Luck. Yeah. And then he deals with the shoulder injury. They obviously go through their issues. Jacoby Brissett comes in, who has ties to New England. And things kind of get jumbled a little bit. But as Chris Ballard said, the rivalry's back on. After everything that happened with Josh McDaniels, obviously Frank Wright coming in has a lot of familiarity now You know, with that, that New England Patriots team. It's going to be a really fun game to watch. And to be honest with you, I, I, from a player perspective, I've always felt for the players. I think it's a tough turnaround for guys to make. Absolutely. It's almost you know, kind of a natural just, just for them to be able to be expected to play again on three days rest. But I'd be lying to you if I told you I wasn't watching these games. <laughs> for me personally, especially with us covering games on Sundays, it's really difficult to sit down and watch NFL football uh, if, if you're specifically honed in on one team. So yeah. I, I'm always tuned in, and I'll be tuned in again. I think it's a really fun matchup between two teams that have a really interesting backstory. Yeah, well, the rest of uh, the Thursday night slate this year, there are a lot of interesting matchups, so we'll keep talking about them as we go along. Including the Packers. I know the, the Seattle Seahawks are going through some tough times right now. We'll have to see where things are at a month from now, but there's a lot of history in that stadium with the Green Bay Packers and Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, you're not kidding. Not even just counting the NFC the uh, NFC Championship game. They're, CenturyLink with the Packers, there's there's a story there. So, I, again, I, me personally, if you're going to have Thursday night football games, make them compelling, make them watchable, and, you know, let the chips fall where they may. Yeah, all right. With that, we'll call it a wrap on this edition of Packers Unscripted. Be sure to follow all of our coverage of the team on Packers.com. On Twitter, you can still follow him at Wes Hod. I'm at Mike Spofford. At Packers is still the team account. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. See you next time. <laughs>